now for repentance. Supposing a man's been living like that in a state of mortal sin, with his soul dead, with Satan in a way uh, in possession, because after all we live in a fallen world, Christ called Satan the prince of this world, and if we're not with Christ, to some extent we're in the kingdom of darkness, as St. Paul puts it. Supposing a man's been living there like that, supernaturally uh, dead, for 20 years, and then he goes to a prayer meeting or to some religious service, and suppose the hymns he sings and the scripture readings he listens to and the talk or the sermon he hears, these have the effect of reawakening his desire for God, of stirring him to real sorrow for sin, and helping him come to a firm resolution to have done with everything that displeases God. What happens? His repentance, his grief at having offended God, his desire for God, place him with the prodigal son back in his father's house. And the blessed trinity enter his soul once more. Satan is forced out. And this sudden transition from darkness to light, from slavery to freedom, from death to life, this can have a great emotional effect on a man. You can have these tears of joy. And it can be that he'll never leave his father's house again. And I imagine it's the aim of every evangelical preacher to lead his listeners to make this, what we Catholics call, this act of perfect contrition, this sorrow for sin that arises from the love of God. I remember listening to a Salvationist girl preaching, and she was preaching very well. She said, Jesus loves you. He's washed you from your sins in his own blood. And I listened to Billy Graham, and he really tr tried to lead everyone to detest sin and to turn to Jesus their Saviour. And, well, people can come back to God with such, such force that they never turn from him again. And that is perhaps why some of our non-Catholic friends who have encountered God in such a way and have had the grace never to fall away again, that's perhaps why they, they query the need for confession. Nevertheless, in spite of all that God can do without this sacrament, the sacrament of penance is immensely important. We call it the sacrament of penance, or the sacrament of confession, or as it's now often called, the sacrament of reconciliation. This sacrament's immensely important. Luther he was a priest, of course, before he, well, started the Reformation. Before he died, he admitted that by doing away with confession, he kicked away the bottom rung in the ladder of salvation. He knew how this sacrament saves souls who would otherwise not be saved. Why? Well, it's all very fine for those good and holy people who sin perhaps once, come back to God with true repentance, and then never fall away again. It's all very well for them. But what about the ordinary person who falls again and again? What about the chronic sinner? God didn't come to this world just for the good and holy people. He told us himself more than once 
that he came for sinners. It seems to me that if you're a good and holy person, you'll get to heaven whatever your religion. But if you're a sinner, then you need to be a Catholic. God doesn't want just the good and holy people in heaven. He wants all of us. That's why he's left us confession. In this sacrament, God's mercy, it, it, it's on tap, so that those who need it and who commit sin again and again and again and commit the most serious sins can turn to him again and again and again and receive his merciful forgiveness. And in spite of what some people may think, a man can commit the same sin a thousand times and a thousand times turn to God with real repentance and, I may say, with probably more humility than when he first sinned. And I'll say this in passing, that those sins will be expiated in purgatory, but his humility will measure forever the degree of his union with God. And I've sometimes had the impression that God leaves some people with some sins in order to get them into heaven. I remember a man, he's dead now, God rest him. He used to be a sort of tramp. Uh, he was, had a very serious drink problem. And he used to steal. And so he'd spend his life in and out of prison. He died with the little sisters of the poor near Preston. But I could imagine that if he hadn't had this drink problem, he could have been very successful because he came of a good family, I think. Must have been a very fine-looking man when he was young. But he'd been humiliated times without number by this weakness he could not conquer. And he'd kept coming back to God in the sacraments, trying to start again and failing once more. That man was really humble. He really knew his limitations. He never doubted God's mercy. And I'm sure he had a very good death. And the humility he must have acquired over the years, this now, must have brought him very close to God. So God sometimes can leave a person with some weakness that they can't conquer in order, if you like, to keep them close to himself to prevent them going into pride, which is the most fatal uh, sin of all. Well, to get back to confession, this sacrament, it seems to me, is of key importance in the salvation of souls in two ways. First of all, it makes the return to God of the sinner incomparably easier. And secondly, it fortifies the soul against relapse. First of all, it makes the return to God easier because it concentrates the penitent's attention and energy on the one essential thing, on the one essential element in the process of reconciliation, namely, a movement of the will towards God, or if you like, a change of heart. This sacrament cuts out all the frills. It keeps emotion in, in a proper subordinate role. 
and enables the sinner to come straight to the point. Fulton Sheen tells a marvellous story about he was in a plane once and the man next to him got talking and said, Father, you know, I've got all sorts of troubles. So Fulton Sheen said, What are they now? And the man started telling him all his woes. And after a time, Fulton Sheen says, You know, from the way you talk, you might be a lapsed Catholic. And the man said, Well, Father, I suppose you could call me that. And Fulton Sheen said, How long is it since you went to confession? And the man said, About twenty years. And Fulton Sheen said, Are you married? Yes. Are you living with your wife? Yes. Are you having, having any affair with any other woman? No. Well, fasten your seatbelt, and I'll hear your confession. And when it had been a confession, the man said, You know, Father, I reckon God wanted me to sit here, because I had a seat reserved on a previous plane, and I missed my connection. And I had to ring the wife and say that I'd be coming on the next plane. And you know, this seat I'm sitting in now, it was the only empty seat left on the plane. And Fulton Sheen said, Does your wife go to the sacraments? And the man said, No, she doesn't. And Fulton Sheen said, Is it long since she went? And the man said, About the same as me. So Fulton Sheen said, When we get there, you must introduce me. So when they got to LaGuardia Airport, the man introduced Fulton Sheen to his wife, and they found a secluded part of the airport, and he heard her confession too. Now, that incident shows how confession defuses what is potentially an explosive emotional situation. The return of the sinner to God, the return of the prodigal son. This sacrament places the penitent in immediate contact with Jesus and with the assistance that Jesus himself gives facilitates the return of the prodigal son to his father's house. <laughs>